Welcome to the Mob Squad, where real moms of boys juggling life, love, a clean house, and being outnumbered by balls. We say bad words, we vent, we cry, we laugh a lot, and sometimes we can be a bit inappropriate. But hey, we're moms of boys, so anything goes. Let's face it, we have real shit, and we know you do too. Life gets hard and messy, but we're not alone, and we're never quiet. We know you're one of us, and we're so glad you're here. So grab your favorite drink, fill up that bathtub, or get your fitness on, and let's get this podcast started. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Ariel. And I'm Amanda. And today we're going to talk about kind of a heavy subject. Yes. That we both have experience with, and we were going to share our stories and kind of hopefully relate to someone out there and also maybe help them. Yes. And we have decided to do it today because today and this week is National Suicide Prevention Week. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm surrounded by this topic at all times. Really? Especially lately. And I don't know if it's because of what I've gone through personally. Depression or suicide? Depression and suicide. I feel like it's just been something that crosses my BuzzFeed or whatever Mm -hmm. almost daily. So... I don't know. I just feel yeah. like I'm called to do this. Well, I think it's topic. become a big issue yeah. in this generation and also since COVID. Yeah. It's a problem. Just like in the in the last month or so, it's been in my face a little bit more. Oh, really? I feel okay. like just like where a topic will come up or a news article or something on the radio or mm-hmm. maybe a celebrity is going through something or I've heard of a friend going through something or maybe it's the thing that I'm going through or whatever. I just feel like it's been heavy on my heart and my mind lately. Hmm. Well, maybe you're being so, called to I talk so. about it. Yeah. So, so tell me about uh, your story or what you wanted to share. Well, so I think we're going to do this as like a two part, right? So yeah. like we'll do Amanda's story and then Ariel's story. Yep. And hopefully it will be relatable to somebody out there. We'll be able to help. But I actually never thought of myself as like a depressed person ever. Yeah. Most people that know me would. I would never describe you as Also that. probably agree, right? Yeah. That I'm like a happy, go with the flow. Yes. And so this year I got hit with it, but I didn't know that's what it was because Mm -hmm. I just, I'm a fighter. I'm like a hustler. Like when you get knocked down, you get back up again. I, it's just always been the way that I've sort of lived my life. Mm -hmm. Thankfully. Um, I had this surgery in January and we've talked a lot about this on various episodes, but what many people may not know is that I hurt my hip when my baby who's now seven was just one. So I guess it's been about seven years, almost to the day when I hurt my hip. We were at soccer practice for my middle son. I had my dog who was a puppy and I was holding my one and a half year old and throwing the ball and something popped in my hip. Mm -hmm. And it hurt so bad that I couldn't even walk to my car. I had to have two other parents like help me with the kids. They helped me into the car. Oh yeah. It just felt like I felt it and I heard it. Oh my gosh. And yuck. Oh my God, it was so bad. I could barely drive home. I probably actually shouldn't have drove home. It probably wasn't really a good idea. Yeah. But I got home and then Chris helped me out of the car and that was the whole thing. And then it was like, oh, I must have just pulled something. So I'm going to ice it, maybe take a bath and I'll just nurse it for a few days. And it got a little bit better and then it got worse and then it got better and then it got worse. But as a mom of tiny humans, you're the first person you break a promise to. So going to the doctor to say something's wrong with my hip, that just felt like I pulled something. Yeah. It just wasn't something that I needed to make time for, I guess. Is, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it was never like nagging enough to where I needed to go to that doctor to say what's going on with my hip. It was just always there. Does that makes sense? Yeah. Sort of. Anyway, seven years later or six, I guess six years later, I the pain just was so bad I could barely walk. There would be days where I would be limping around. There were days that I had to use a cane. And I went to the doctor like halfway through, maybe three years in or whatever. And he said, you have torn your labrum, you need to have surgery. And oh, by the way, you won't be walking for six to eight weeks. You're like, that's a no. Non-weight-bearing. And I was like, (laughs) okay. That's a hard no. That's a hard no. And so I didn't come back until I couldn't stand the pain anymore and I couldn't walk. So that's the backstory to my surgery. So I Mm -hmm. fast forward to January of this year, 2023, I had the surgery. And it was so stupid because I should have just done it when I first injured myself because I complicated it further and my hips were on the verge of collapsing. And then I had developed a cyst that compromised the shape of my hips. So they couldn't put, they couldn't remove it. They had to fill it with like bone cement and then shave off my bones and they repaired the labrum. It was just a whole, a whole thing. And everything that could go wrong did go wrong in my recovery, even though I followed the directions to a T, but I was non-weight bearing for almost three months. 
and the pain did not go away. It was worse, actually. Yeah. And that sucked. Oh my gosh, it's going to make me get upset now because this is, it sucks. It really sucked. And yeah. Especially when you're following all the rules and I was a really active person and I have three boys who are also very active and I'm a mom that was, you know, playing football with them and going on bike rides and playing baseball and anything and everything that they were doing, I was doing. And now I'm in the situation where I can't do it anymore. And there, I could see that it was like starting to weigh on them a little bit, even mm-hmm. though I have the best husband and the greatest kids and family and support. My sister was great. Like all of that, I had that, but I could still see that there was irritation there. Like, oh, mom, your hip, you know, this sucks. Yeah. And every time I would go to the doctor to say, this hurts more, this hurts more, he would restrict me more and say, okay, now you can only walk 2000 steps a day. And for anybody who's a mom, anybody who's human, 2000 steps a day is not realistic for somebody who's got no, that's a, lot a lot of things of- going on, especially for somebody who has tiny kids that they're taking care of. I get 2,000 steps by 9 a.m. on most days because you're running around, right? Yeah. I think most people do. So I started crying when they said that. And this was about six months in when I was supposed to have turned a corner. And I didn't. And it was just, I just found myself being angry at everyone. Like angry at my husband, angry at my kids, mad at my friends, mad because they were moving on with their lives and including me, mad at them when they did include me, like just mad at the whole wide world. And I just felt like I was losing control on everything. So I was talking to my doctor and then he gave me a little something like to take the edge off. And I'd never really taken anything before for that, but I was, I needed to try something. And then you came to my, I was on it for about two weeks. And that was when I was at my absolute worst or one point when I was at my absolute worst, where I was just thinking a lot about suicide and not thinking that I was going to do it. I didn't, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm going to take my own life. But there were moments when I just felt so hopeless that I felt like maybe driving my car into a wall or off a cliff, or I would hear somebody that somebody had killed themselves, maybe a celebrity or whoever, It does, you know, whatever, you'd hear a story or read something. And I I would understand. And I was, I just, it was really weird time. And then you Mm -hmm. came to my house. I don't, you remember this and you're the one that actually made me realize that their Medicaid, when I was telling you about all of these things I was feeling and how I got into this huge fight with my husband, which was not his fault, was just like a simple thing we were talking about. And it turned really, really ugly. And I said to him, if you don't, go to marriage counseling or give me a divorce. I'm going to kill myself. And I never have said those words ever in my life. I actually don't even know where they came from. Mm-hmm. And that moment, it scared the shit out of me. It scared the shit out of him. And I was like, what, what is happening? Like, what's, what, I, I don't, I feel out of control. Like, this is awful. And I didn't know what to do. And it was you that I, when I was telling you all of these things, which I, it, I'm learning that I'm super guarded. So I was thankful that I was able to be open with you during that. But you're the one that was like, what did you do that's different? What, Like you started making me think of like, this is not who you are Mm -hmm. and this is not normal for you to feel. So what's different in your life? What have you changed? And then we started going through it. And then I remembered like, oh my gosh, I've been taking this medication for two weeks. And then you were like, oh my God, you have to get off of this. Like Mm -hmm. this could be. And the minute I stopped taking it, I stopped feeling that way. It's crazy. It was like not the right medicine for me. Yeah. And that was like a moment in time. It did not solve anything. I mean, it solved those deep, dark feelings and thoughts, but it didn't solve the sadness that I had. Yeah. And well, you were taking it to help with the sadness. Yeah. And it made it worse, is what it it sounds like. And then Mm -hmm. you stopped it. You stopped having the crazy thoughts, but then you were still left with those feelings. And lonely. Yeah. And so. Just a couple of weeks ago, I think is when I hit sort of what I would call my rock bottom, I guess. Yeah. Where things were just still not better. I wasn't having those dark thoughts anymore, but mm. I was still feeling sad. And, but I had started this new therapy called PEMF, mm-hmm. which is like electric stimulation. It goes down on a cellular level and it helps regenerate um, like broken tissue and cells and um, helps repair your body. And for the first time in seven years, I had zero pain in my hip. And so that was, 
that was like a cor- like I was starting to turn a corner and I was like, wow, this is, I was sleeping better. I was, I just felt, they say that you go in there and you recharge your whole body mm-hmm. and it's true. Like I was getting recharged. And so I started sleeping better and I started feeling a little bit better, but I still felt really sad and I felt alone, but I was getting there. And then I had another moment with my husband where he, because I'm, you know, walking around with this chip on my shoulders, even though I'm trying to hide it. I'm, my family knows me. And he's like, what, what did I do? What's wrong? Like, why are you so mad? And I just started crying. I'm like, I just feel so alone. Like this sucks. And I'm really sad all the time. And I don't know, I don't know how to fix it. And then he like triggered me by saying, you're not alone. I'm here. And I was like, ah, yes, you're in the room with me. You're right. And I just, I like went off. I like unleashed on him and went off and was screaming. And it was probably the worst thing that he could ever say to me, even though I know he so desperately wanted to be there for me. Like I know that. And, but it's not what I, cause I, you know, you can be in a room with a thousand people and they can all be hugging you and loving on you. And you can still feel like the loneliest person in the room. Right. And I think that's like a big misconception. For sure. But I also know that he, this is not something we've ever experienced before. So I know, and I recognize that he didn't know how to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, like, I just can't talk to you. And I honestly, in those moments, I really thought that my marriage was over mm-hmm. because I didn't know, I didn't realize what what all was happening and that I was getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm like, it has to be like our marriage. It, it, it wasn't just what I was going through physically and emotionally, right? And so I called our counselor and I was like, I have to talk, like, I need somebody to talk to. Can you see me? And she did. And she called me out on all my bullshit, which was awesome. And she made me, <laughs> I love her, but I also hate her for that. You know right, I mean? right. Um, Thank you, but it's hard. She yeah. validated everything that I was feeling. She was like, what you went through was so hard. Like, this was the hardest year of my life. And I felt really alone because nobody was going through the same pain that I was going through. So that's, you just, people are there for you, but it's, it still makes you they feel don't alone. Understand. You yeah. don't get it. Yeah. Even though they're all so, so like, it's not a dig to anybody because I know people are so kind to me. Yeah. Um, they they can't understand if they're not going through it. It's, it just was just soul crushing yeah. to be told that you can't do anything and then watch everybody else yeah. live their lives and you're just sitting there watching. It was hard. So I went to the therapist and on the same day, I I started feeling so much better from doing the PEMF therapy that I've been doing. I've been three weeks and I asked her, I said, listen, I'm feeling really good. I think I might want to work out. And I went to this workout where they do with, it's an EMS workout and they have the, those suits where they contract your muscles. My girlfriend just had the same surgery on her hip and she said that she'd been doing it and it's really low impact. She's like, just do it. See what happens. You just do it one time. And I did it. And I, I think I texted you right after. Mm -hmm, And I was like, this is the first time you're happy. I felt joy. Like I had forgotten what that felt like. And so I, I think that was probably my rock bottom. And I said, I'm going to take my life back. Like, that's it. I'm not going to do 2000 steps anymore. And I've been doing this workout. I've been doing my PEMF. I have zero pain in my hip. I'm getting stronger. My endorphins are kicking and I'm finding my joy again. And I just, I'm so thankful for that, you know? Yeah. And I know I have a lot of work to do. I've been thinking about Heather and all of her steps and trying to adapt those 12 steps into my own practice. And I know even all summer with like the summer reset and meditation. And I, you know, I was trying so hard to find something that I could connect with and thinking why my, my family is falling apart, but it was because I was falling apart. It wasn't my family. It wasn't, we're all at each other's throats or we're, we're not connecting or whatever it was. It was all because of what I was going through. And then I brought my family into it thinking it was what we were going through but it wasn't, they were all doing great and they were all supporting me and rallying around me, but I couldn't see that. I thought my family was broken. Right. And so now that I've realized it was me that was broken, I'm doing still the meditation and the journaling. I'm still really trying to be thoughtful with that. But I think the piece for me that was missing was getting my body moving again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So let's talk about that for a little bit. So yeah. there's a few things that you said that I want to point out because people who get depressed 
don't realize they're depressed at first, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah. They don't, it happens so slowly or yeah. in a way that they're not aware. But when you're also depressed, your brain is not working like a normal human being. I want that to be very clear. And people don't seem to understand that. So when people say, you're not alone or snap out of it or do something about it if your feelings, you know what I mean? Like it's not a simple like answer. It is a complex situation and saying that almost makes that person feel worse because it's not in their control in that way. So when you were describing the way that you went, it was like over a two week period when you started that medication. And that's the problem with depression is unless you have an outsider looking in who can say this is not normal, you will not realize it's normal until something bad happens. Like you lose a job or something. And then you might realize, oh my God, I hit rock bottom. Yeah, It can it can be a gradual process. And there's usually a trigger involved. And clinical depression is not like a day or two of being sad. It's two weeks or longer. At least it was 15 years ago when I had depression. <laughs> but the clinical uh, diagnosis for depression used to be, um, and, I, and I don't, I'm not 100% sure if it still is, but it used to be two weeks or more of feeling hopelessness. Mm-hmm. And that then becomes like, oh, I'm not just having a bad day. I'm not just having a bad week. I'm not just dealing with something major. This is actual, like, I can't get myself out of it alone. And the Mm -hmm. problem is, the other thing I wanted to talk about that you mentioned was illnesses can sometimes be the driver of these depressions that people then don't realize is connected to the depression or leading to the depression. So in your instance, the hip surgery, Mm -hmm attributed to your situation and then created this kind of monster that you were stuck with. And medications and surgeries can alter our brain chemistry. So like those drugs you took during surgery, they could have put something off in your metabolic pathways Mm -hmm. that then set the stage for that depression. But I also want everybody to be very, very, very aware that exercise is probably the number one thing you should Mm -hmm. be doing other than sleep. Actually, sleep is the first, I would say. But sleep and exercise are the two things you need when you are feeling depressed to create those endorphins in your body and get your body back to a good physiological Mm -hmm. state. And when you have depression, those are the two things that suffer the most. (laughs) Yeah. So like you don't sleep well and you, you don't want to go exercise because you're depressed and And you're exhausted and you're exhausted and and you're hopeless. So there's there, you have to like make yourself go do those things or make sure that Mm -hmm. those things are happening. Cause if you're not getting sleep, doesn't matter what you're doing. Your body's not going to recover from that. And if you're not moving your body, you're probably not going to get better either because it's so intertwined with our mental health. And people people should never look at exercise as weight loss. They should always look at it as mental health care. Mm-hmm. You have to move your body. I don't care if it's walking or lifting weights or what it is for you, doing yoga, some kind of sport, whatever it is for you, moving your body is so important for that. Yeah. But we don't look at that. No. Like you're for your doctor when you told her or whoever it was that you're going to, when you were like, I'm feeling sad or whatever, and they gave you something to take the edge off or whatever you said, their first question should have been, How are you sleeping? Their second question should have been, Are yeah. you moving? Their third question, What's your diet like? That's another key thing that can cause mm-hmm. depression. But they never ask those questions. They're just nope, like, they Here's, just a like drug. Here's, here's, here's a this drug. prescription, which I've also learned that, and, 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 and depression medication helps so many people. But what I've also learned is there's Ish. these <laughs> major side effects, right? Yes. And so yeah. if you're prescribed the wrong one, mm-hmm. then it can be make it worse. It could be detrimental. Yeah. Actually. And that's really scary. Well they're just following protocols the, or whatever. What their they've been rules told. or guidelines are, which yeah. I understand. Yeah. And I appreciate that he was trying to help me. But well, Amanda, to I, be fair, even psychologists and psychiatrists or people who are prescribing medication for mental health don't even know. Well, and I just things. was reading that there's actually like tests that you can do to find out what medication yeah. your body will yeah. responds to. Respond well so with. So the science behind that is not like hardcore to solid, but I have used those genetic tests to see how um, my kids would respond to certain medications. Yeah. 
And I think it is something that can be used as a tool. I wouldn't rely 100% on it. Yeah, You're always going to have to see how your body reacts, but they can kind of, because what, what we do right now in medicine is we throw spaghetti at the wall and hope it sticks. Right. We try medications. Oh, this causes this symptom. Let's try a different one. Oh, this doesn't work. Let's try a different one. Mm-hmm. They're just literally throwing things at it to see what works for you. And that is kind of sad because in the meantime, it could be causing more depression or Mm -hmm. it could be causing more nutrient deficiencies, which are then going to cause, all medications cause nutrient deficiencies. I don't think people are aware of that. So like birth control, for example, depletes B vitamins. There's some depression medications that do the same thing. B vitamins are really important for your mental health. So by taking these medications, they might be helping, you know, boost serotonin or boost dopamine or whatever they're doing or blocking the uptake or whatever, the SSRIs and things. But they're also in the meantime, causing other nutrient deficiencies, whether that's zinc or iron or B vitamins, those things can then contribute to other problems. And that's why you have side effects often. Mm. But people aren't aware of that. And doctors don't really talk about it. And I don't really know why, to be honest, but you have to be aware of that. And that's where nutrition comes in. When I said they should be asking you about how you're sleeping, are you exercising and what is your nutrition like? Well, and you know, what's really funny is as I'm sitting here listening to you, I just go back to the conversation we had when we went to our wellness resort. And mm-hmm. we talked about the keys to happiness. Yeah. What was it like 12, 12 things that totally happy people do. And it was oh, yeah. number one and number were. two were enough, getting enough sleep and getting outside yeah. and being active Yeah, every day. Yeah. I read it. I did a podcast on it. <laughs> you didn't. Do and it. I <laughs> thought I was doing it, but no, I wasn't exercising. That's the part is yeah. I was not exercising yeah. and I wasn't sleeping great no matter how hard I tried. And then it got to the point where right before I started working out, I was going to bed at like 730 at night. Yeah. And I just couldn't keep my eyes open anymore. I was so tired. But then I wouldn't wake up in the morning. I would have a really hard time waking up. That's part of depression though. I know. I had no idea. too much sleep. Yeah. And that's because you're depressed. Like you don't want to. could not. And then I was like in this hamster wheel of hell trying to like, we'll get more sleep. Why am I so tired? I... It just, it was, it was horrible. It kind of spirals and that's the scary part Mm -hmm. for sure. But then I got out and I started getting active and I will tell you, I, I love working out. I've always worked out, but I never have gone alone. I've always had a, but a buddy or a group to go with. Yeah. And I've been doing this workout for a little, almost three weeks, which I realize I'm still in my infancy. So I'm not like over this hump. I know that, but now I know I'm aware and I'm doing the work. Yeah. I have gone every single time by myself, except for one time when my sister came with me yesterday to try it. That's awesome. And I'm, I, for me, that's like such a big win because I'm, I'm a very social person. And so, and we've gone to work out before and if you're out, I'm out. <laughs> like, yeah. And vice versa, you know what I mean? And even when I've gone to spin with any, if anybody's out, I've always been like, I want to have a homie to go with. Yeah. <laughs> and this, for whatever You're reason, so I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm going, I'm going every single day. I'm making That's time good. for it. Yesterday, I didn't want to go. I felt tired. And I, after I went, I was so thankful that I did go. You'll never regret going you to the gym. you never regret going to the gym. Never. Yeah. So it's hard to get there though. Sometimes it really, the, let me tell you about that experience. So I walked in, I was so scared. I was nervous. I was shaking. I don't even know if I told you this. Did I, did I tell you what happened to me? When I don't I think so. Walked in. So my friend Whitney, she just had the surgery and she's recovering beautifully. Like she, she's textbook exactly it's like the same what, exact surgery. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually on this text crew, like her text um, chain right now with four women who have all had the same surgery, same doctor. What? Yeah. Why is this a normal surgery at our age? It's um, it's she normal torn, for she at, had a torn labrum. She, they all have torn labrums. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They all had repairs. They're all recovering totally differently. Wow. So different doctors all all the same doctor. Oh, interesting. Uh, and so they're all anyway, and everybody's having just different experiences. Whitney happens to be having experience where she's yeah. still sore, but she's working out. She's like a month in. Yeah. So she's she's recovering a lot faster than the rest of us have. Um, but she was the one that was like, just come because you wear this suit. So even if you can't do anything, you could lay there and you'll still feel something. Yeah. And maybe that will be just enough to get you like going again. Yeah. And I, I was like, okay. So I didn't even know she was going to be there when I went and she happened to be there when I walked in and I was shaking and we're in Scottsdale, Arizona. So I am surrounded by beautiful women with amazing bodies 
beautiful, just it can be really intimidating. I I know this because yeah. I've, I'm not the girl with the best body. I am super curvy. I can be pudgy at times. I can be really fit at times. I'm, I have to work really, really hard no matter what I do. So this is the softest I've ever been. I can't even walk up the stairs right now without being out of breath because I've been so limited. Yeah. Which is soul crushing and, you know, humiliating in and of itself. But then walking into a gym where you have all these fit beauties. Right. I mean, that was... You just have... Everybody has to start somewhere, you know? Well, and people say that, but it doesn't make it easier. No, it doesn't make you feel good. But I've... That's the only way I can convince myself to do it. Well, I walked into this place shaking to my core. Yeah. And I was like, I'm Amanda. Like, I just had surgery. And I started crying. Like, Why? Because I was scared. I was so scared. What were you scared of? That I couldn't do it, that I didn't belong. I don't know. I was still like, remember, I was feeling sad and I don't know. I'd never done it before. So emotional because of what you're going through. It was emotional. And that's why I think that was like, maybe that was it. That was the day I decided to take my life back, but it didn't make it easier. It wasn't like you you make this big, bold decision, right? And you're like, this is it. This is the day I'm going to change my life. This is the day I'm going to get sober. This is the day I'm not going to be depressed anymore. This is the day I'm going to insert whatever. Yeah. Like, just because you say that and you have all this passion, this passion and conviction doesn't make it easier. It doesn't mean you're going to nail it. No. So I was still so, so scared. And I, these women, all 30 beauties, like yeah. rallied around me, hugged me, loved Aww. on me. They were like, this is going to be so awesome. We're so glad you're here. That's so sweet. It was just, and it wasn't like, oh, you're not alone. I, the one thing I hate is when a Scottsdale beauty tells me, you're so beautiful. Yeah. You got a great body. Like, mm, I hate that. <laughs> like, I have a mirror. Come on. Don't like, just, <laughs> you know what I mean? People but mean they didn't do that. Well. They yeah. do mean well. They do. But, and, and the way that they came at me with such love, I, it was exactly what I needed in that moment. And I felt so strong. That's awesome. So, so empowered. And I did not feel alone that day. And I did feel joy. We need community. Remember we do the need community. episode. And now every single time I go in there, I'm greeted with hugs and high fives. That's amazing. And like, I'm so glad you're here. And I'm making friends there. It's pretty cool. I gotta go. You have to come. I don't have time, but I'm gonna but make it. But it's like I'm that. It's it. exactly what you said, though. It's that community. And right now, like, this is all I'm capable of doing. It's a 30 minute workout. I, by the time I'm like totally gassed, I can't, like, it's over. Thank God, <laughs> yeah. because I can't do anymore. But I'm going to work my way back up to Legree and spin. I'm, I know I'm just not there yet, but I'm doing the work. I'm putting the, the... So this doesn't hurt your hip, what you're doing. Well, no, it has not hurt my hip. The only... Today, I feel a little bit sore because I've gone six days in a row. Yeah, but sore's okay. Just, no, my hip feels like, sore. Like sore in a painful but sore way. in like a, this is familiar kind of way. Oh, okay. But it's still like, I, I've been doing that PEMF. My Before I started that, my pain was at an eight every day, solid yeah. eight, sometimes so a nine. Hard. And you see me. I don't think people realize around. how miserable it is to have pain every day. Oh it's the God. worst thing yeah. to deal with. Well, so then I started this PEMF. Yeah. And after my first three sessions, I it was like a psychological thing. I was like searching for the pain because I couldn't feel it. Yeah. So I was like trying to manufacture so it in my brain. It. I'm like, where is it? Oh, is that it? Is that it? Yeah. You know, all day, every day. And now... I don't you have it. You should maybe do a session after you do the workout. I do. Well, so I go to do that. I do that three times a week. Then it might um, negate the benefits. So no, like, they can work in conjunction. They're very similar really? techniques. Yeah. And one just goes way deeper on a, down to your, like your tissue and your, well, like, like the, the other one is, is like contracting your muscle. Guessing. Outside of today, I have not had any pain and I'm able to do these work. I have to modify. Yeah. But like, I can't, I'm not jumping around yet. Yeah. So that's okay. But. Well, that's amazing. Again, even if you didn't have hip surgery and you're starting out for the first time in a very long time or ever, yeah, you might have to modify still, and that's okay. Yeah, I never feel judged modif- being modified. There's people of all I've ages. Modified. Like I know oh you God. have. It's I know. so like doing Legree and having to mm-hmm. modify all the ab stuff yeah. because I have a, d- a diastasis recti issue. Yeah, and th- and I have very weak core muscles because of my pregnancies, but that's always, it was always like not embarrassing, but it is, you do feel weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? You stand out and people are like, why is she doing it the wrong way? But it's really just a modification. No, but is, do you think people really are thinking that or is it just yes, us thinking that? I would that? think that. Hell You're yeah. thinking that about somebody else, like she's doing it wrong? 
Yeah. Well, no, I'd be uh, like, why? Why are they doing it wrong? Oh, I modify everything. I can't do a, I cannot do a push up without my knees. Yeah, I can't do push ups either. I really have I, a goal of learning how to do, not learning, but like being strong enough to do a pull up. Yeah, same girl. So I follow, um, who do I follow that does that? Oh, this girl that's friends with one of my sons. The mom, I'm not friends with one of my, the mom of one of my son's friends. God, I can't talk. <laughs> and she has made it her, one of her goals and she has posted kind of her journey along the way of like doing, like barely doing one. And now she can do like five or 10. I don't even know how many she can do, but it's just been like really inspiring. And we have a pull-up bar because my son loves to do pull-ups and I cannot even get an inch up. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't either. We all. also have a pull-up bar. It's super embarrassing, but because I can't do it, I want to do it. And then remember when yeah. we went on that hike and we had all the kids do that? What is it called when you jump your feet up? Oh, that box jumps? Yeah, box jumps. Yeah. I have like a mental yeah, issue Yeah, but that's doing because it. you fell. You like tripped. No, I couldn't do it. Didn't you trip beginning. on it? I did because yeah, I can't do it. that's what happened. You tripped on it and it got into your head. I can't do that for some reason. So I'm going to... I have another goal of doing that on our stairs because they're just low, but I mentally cannot do it. It's like the weirdest thing. I know. It that, could also so, be related to the weak core muscles because I think you have to use your... Well, no, I think... No, I had... I did CrossFit years ago before kids. Yeah. And I used to be able to do box jumps, like really high box jumps. Before and then, kids. And I totally ate shit one time before oh, kids. Then, yeah. Well, actually, no, I had two. I had my first two kids. We were doing CrossFit. But not my third. But I we would do box jumps. And I was pretty badass at it. Yeah. And I ate shit and I never was able to do one again until <laughs> like we went mental. camping that time. And you did it? And I jumped, remember? Yeah. And I jumped on those logs. That was the first time I had done one oh, without like totally a, like, choking. mental thing for me. Mm-hmm. I want to c- overcome that. Me too. Anyways, sidebar. But I wanted to bring up something that I saw recently. Somebody shared something that Mel Robbins had shared. Do you know who that is? Yeah, okay, I love so her. She, I kind of love her. So she... <laughs> she calls you out on your shit. She does, but then she also says some tough stuff that I don't agree with. But anyway, she shared like that her daughter had went through a depressed episode or something in her college years or something. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, what... What thing is she said to her daughter? Think of a time that you were super happy. Write down all the things that you were doing in your life at that time that you were happy. And she's like, you know, seeing friends, working out, doing, getting good grades or whatever. I don't know what she listed. I can't remember. But she said, okay, now are you doing those things right now? And she's like, no, I haven't seen my friends in weeks or I haven't worked out in a month or whatever it was. And she's like, do those things to get back to feeling happy again. Because we often, when we go through these depressed states, stop doing the things that make us happy. Stop doing the things that we love because we are depressed, because you're not mentally thinking normal, right? Right. So to get out of it, sometimes go back to doing those things. But again, like we just said about going to the gym or whatever, it's hard. You have to make yourself literally go do those things. And when you're depressed, that's when you least want to do them. So it's like very difficult situation to get out of. But if you have support or you have somebody that can, like your friend who is like, you got to try this, you know, be there for people. I really think it's going to help you. I I appreciate what Mel Robbins said, but I disagree with her a so thousand percent so on that activity. Because when you're depressed, you're not thinking about what makes right. you happy. We did this activity, the same exact activity when we went to our wellness spa. And I think I shared on that podcast that we talked about it. I couldn't write anything down. I had no idea. And it was like, the question was, when was the last time you felt joy yeah, and happiness? Can't remember. And is there a difference? Write down what makes you feel joy. And I could not do that. Yeah, I, I could not do it. And so if Mel's daughter was able to successfully do it, good on her, but yeah. it was not easy for me to do. So I don't think it's easy for a lot of people when you're down in the dumps like that. To think about that. Yeah. You I can't, don't either. I forgot what that felt like. When you're really depressed, yeah. you cannot think like that because you're not mentally right. 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 You have this dark cloud over your head. Her situation was more like she was going through a bad time, but it wasn't really depression because when you are really depressed, your brain literally is not working like a normal person's. Like you yeah. cannot just like think about those things. It just doesn't work like that mm-hmm. because you're literally depressed. You're literally negative. You're literally hopeless. Yeah. And it's not the same. Right. You know? Oh. So one of the things too that an activity that you could try also when you're depressed is always another thing that might not work because it's super <laughs> Give hard. It, bring yeah. it on. Let's oh, hear it. it <laughs> but something that's helped me, not when I'm like clinically depressed, like literally clinically depressed, but when I've had like down weeks or yeah. down months and just not feeling my same happy self 
but not maybe as depressed as I could be, is writing down all the things that you're grateful for. Because gratitude will always bring you back to a place of feeling not joy, but feeling thankful. I think Mm -hmm. that that opens the doors then for welcoming good things. But going through all your thankful, because even in, I feel like even in my, no, um, that's not true. In my darkest times, I couldn't feel thankful for anything. I had, I struggled with that activity. We did that activity also. And I had to make a list at that resort again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I had to have somebody say the instructor out loud, it could be the sunshine you're feeling on your face. It could be something that small. Yes. Yeah. And that was so helpful because I, I couldn't, I could not write a list to save my life on what I was grateful for because I. So then that's probably a good sign that, you know, that something's not right. Mm -hmm. It was really difficult for me to do that. I really had to search. And then when she said it could be the breeze that you're feeling or the sunshine on your face or that you have the fact that you came to this class, right? Like you did something. I woke up today, whatever it is, even it was the smallest little thing. Like you got out of bed. I think for me, I was maybe thinking bigger and I couldn't think of bigger. Yeah. So that that was helpful with guidance. Well, think about when you're happy. You're probably like a million things come to mind. Yeah. But when you're sad, nothing comes to mind. Right. That's the problem. (laughs) That's why you're sad, you know? (laughs) So I don't know. Those are just things that have helped me like through tough times, I guess, but not like when I was super, super depressed. None of that stuff mattered. No. It was basic stuff like sleeping, Mm -hmm. making sure I was eating healthy making sure I was around people, even if I didn't want to be. That's hard. Yes. Cause you have to make yourself do it. You mm-hmm. don't want to be, you're miserable. You're like, why would I want to be around anybody? I don't want anybody to see me like this. I'm I so know. miserable. I was you know? just with a, a really good friend last night, like one of my oldest friends. And I told her that we were going to do a podcast today on this topic. And she is, she's part of my porch. She's a ride or die. And when I opened up to her and I told her, and she's been with me through all of this, like the surgery and all of that. Yeah. She was shocked. She was like, I can't believe you didn't tell me. And I was like, when, when is a good time to bring that up? You like, do, here's the thing that people you know, don't realize. You don't tell people. You don't reach yeah. out for help. Because the number one thing you do when you're depressed mm-hmm. is you isolate. Yeah. You don't talk about it. So people don't you know. You just fake it till you, you make it. You might talk about it like to a husband or something. But then what happens in your right. situation happens to everybody. They don't understand. Yeah, so no. then you're like, why am I wasting my time? So he shut me down without realizing that's what he was doing. and. It's not, I'm not mad about it. I didn't even know, you know, I just, I, everything he was saying, I just kept getting more and more angry. Yeah. yeah. Because and you're not thinking normal. He was trying so hard to be there for me. And I was like, just stop talking, <laughs> please. <laughs> but I was a lot meaner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've talked about it since, cause I, this is all new to me. I'm not, this is not something that I have felt. I think I have felt sad throughout my life during certain periods of time, yeah, which is normal. I have never felt this deep into it, you know, where I just have a, a totally different look and understanding and empathy for anyone who's going through it. And something that has been helpful for me is talking about it with people that I feel safe with. So Mm -hmm. even though my husband didn't respond the way that I wanted him to, or I needed him to, he's also learning. So, and that's what this therapist that I talked to was like, listen, this is new for him too. You got to give him a little bit of grace. He's trying to be there for you. He doesn't know how, Yeah, but when I, I can talk to you about it, and I know that I can talk when I talked to my friend about it, she was like, not mad at me that I didn't tell her, but sad that she wasn't there for me because she yeah. wanted to be. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so I have shared with a couple of other people just in getting like a temperature check on, do you think this would be a good episode? And every person I've talked to is like, oh my, they either have gone through it themselves or their spouse has gone through it or their kids or somebody that they're very close to. And they either, also they have a similar experience to me on how do you get out of this? How do I, or how do I be there for the person that I love so much who's going through this? Yeah. It's really hard. What's been helpful in my healing is knowing that I'm actually not alone. There's a ton of people in my own little circle that are going through the same exact thing. So the problem, like you said, was that you felt alone mm -hmm. and that's what you feel when you're depressed. You feel alone and you isolate and it makes it worse. And that's the problem and then on top of that, your meant like your brain chemistry is literally not working right. So you're not thinking yeah. normal. So you can't like think your way out of it. You can't like you just it's just such a horrible place to be. Mm-hmm. It really is. And I don't think and I don't think people who haven't gone through it can really understand it 
I know I mentioned this on another episode. I don't remember why, but it's one thing to say from an outside perspective, like you understand because you've had hard times, but it's another thing to actually experience what that actually feels like, what it actually does to your life. Mm-hmm. You know, that aloneness, that hopelessness, that not knowing what to do or how to get out of it, but knowing something's wrong. Like yeah. that's the hard, that was the hardest part for me was always, and I thought I was doing a lot of things to help myself, but it never fixed it. It didn't go I away. I thought I was doing a lot of things. And and maybe you were, and, and yeah, maybe I was. I was. We were doing some things yeah. that we thought were helpful and they probably were, but it wasn't enough. Yeah. Just wasn't enough. And that's where I think that's what a true depression is mm-hmm. versus you're just having a tough time. Right. Is it's not something you can just fix. Yeah. You know? Well, I think you can with the right people. I mean, I'm not saying it's not fixable, yeah. but, but in that moment, in yes, that moment for sure. or by yourself yes, or by not doing things differently, you know? Yes. You know, I don't know. I do. It's just, it's a really, it's a really weird thing, I guess, to describe if you haven't I been through it. say this also. I, before I went through all of this, I used to be on the other side of, of the people exactly like my husband. You're not alone. I'm here with you. I'm here yeah. for you. And I thought I was too, Also, you know, I thought I was also being like really helpful and supportive. But now I realize I probably wasn't giving that person who I love so deeply whatever they needed. But now I feel like if I had a friend come and say, oh my gosh, I'm feeling the same way. I would be able to look at them and say, I see you, you know, I feel you and Mm -hmm. I'm here with you. How can I help? What can I do? And maybe partner with them to pull them out of their funk. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Work out. (laughs) Work out. (laughs) Totally. I listen. I mean, it's weird. It really, it really is important. I was (laughs) so happy that day I went to the gym. Yeah. After an ugly cry and putting on this thing that looks like a wetsuit, looking like Shamu in a wetsuit. (laughs) And I still did it. I couldn't walk for like four days. I had to. I had to literally lower myself on when I had to go to the bathroom. I love that feeling. No, I love. I it. could not walk. I know it's miserable, but I love it. I don't. I didn't love anything. I couldn't sleep. It hurt so bad, and I just kept oh, going back and good. going back and going back. It was probably the to, worst soreness to... I've ever felt in my entire life. Really? Oh, yes. I can't wait. <laughs> I love it. I, my sister tried it yesterday. She wasn't at sore, but she's a lot more. She works out a lot though, than I am. She? So yeah. this is like zero effort on yeah. anything for nine months. So. It was start. It truly was starting over. But I, I, I want. I'm chasing that feeling. Yeah. That the good news is, I think the more you do it, the better it gets in terms of washing away that mm-hmm. weird place that you totally. go to when you're depressed. And listen, I still feel it sometimes. I I felt it a little bit today. I was really nervous about talking about it, and I've been. Mm-hmm. I find myself going back to that sadness or loneliness, but but I'm going to fight it because now I'm aware, I guess, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I'm just going to keep doing the things that you I know is side. working. There is a light, but I yes. know it's, I'm not in the clear. No. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's still too new. Yeah. But I'm meeting a lot of really cool people that are also really happy and really like joyful. And that is helpful. Yeah. To go, do you know what I mean? Like for me, I'm, I, I like that. I know not a lot of people don't, but I'm, I'm a super rah-rah girl. So when people are happy to see me at the gym and they're like, what's up? Yeah, we're yeah. so glad you're here. I'm like, That's why you yeah. love spin so much. That's why I love spin. Spin is such a raw, raw I would place. fall off my bike if I went to spin right now, but I but I hope that I can get there in like a month or two. I feel maybe. like you can for sure. I think so too. Yeah. But Well, I'm excited that you've discovered that's my that. story and I was really excited to share it. I hope that it helps somebody. And Yeah, you're not alone. There's a million yeah. and plus people that go through these things that probably never talk about it. So do you think there's any misconceptions or stigmas associated with depression that you've encountered? Hmm. I think the biggest misconception is that it's like something you can just handle. Yeah. I mean, yep. Like if somebody- Yeah. I was just kind of talking about that a few minutes ago and I said, before I was in this place, I was on the other side and you're like, yeah, one of those things that you can just snap out of it. Just do something about it. You have a choice to make, be sad or not be sad. you do something about it, like working out, like you said, mm-hmm. you feel like you can, it can creep in a little bit. 
Yeah. I mean, it creeped so in today in a little bit yet. for sure. No. Yeah. And I have felt, I have felt joy every single day since I started this. And today I, I worked out and I didn't feel it as much, yeah. but I also know I just did it seven days in a row. Like I need to also give my body a break. Yeah. And my hip is a little bit sore today. So I, but I'm now I'm very aware. Okay. Like, why is my hip hurting? Probably because I overdid it. Why am I overdoing it? Because I can't get enough of this feeling. Okay. Yeah. So I have to do a couple of things to take care of me with that and not overdo it, I guess. Yeah. Not go too far. But the stigma for sure. I, yeah, I think it's, I think there's, especially with really driven people or like, they just do whatever it takes at all times to get the win. I think it's easy. And I'm one of those people, right? Like I'll, I am so driven. I'll drive myself into the ground. I've done it so many times. So I just snap out of whatever, like, okay, something life hands you lemons, you make lemonade, whatever it is. You just, you just handle it and you deal with it. You don't bail. Mm -hmm. So that for me, I think that is a big stigma where you just think you can snap out of it. Yeah. And yeah. And why don't you just, it's not that easy. It? Why actually. don't you just handle it? Why like I would go back to my old self and slap her in the face and be like, you're so stupid. It's not that easy. <laughs> That's where I think you know? people can understand a little bit about depression, but if they haven't experienced it themselves and they really cannot judge mm -hmm. it because it's not what you think it is. Well, and not only that, you if it's it. never happened to you, it also doesn't mean that you're safe from it not happening to you. Totally. Right. Like okay. it can come up. So many things these days that can cause it. So I, I just, yeah, I couldn't, I, I, I never saw this coming. I never thought it would happen. And going through it, I didn't know it was that I actually just thought everyone else around me was stupid and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's like dumb. And I just so, needed a new family, yeah. new friends. Right. New, that's like, so funny. I just need to run away and start over. It's not me. It's, it's everybody, everybody else. else. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I think that's totally normal too. Yeah. I do that all the time with stuff. Yeah. And, and I, there's a really good saying, did I share this I already? Point the thumb, not the finger. Oh yeah. But so like yeah. point it back at yourself. Yeah. If there's a problem, you, you fix what's wrong with you. You don't well, fix if, other people. I think it applies like if there's a pattern, because well, sometimes it's really, it's the other thing or a person is the problem and you <laughs> that, just got to flush happen. them down. But it's really, it's more, yeah, but you can't control people. It's instead of blaming people, yeah. blame yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you were blaming everybody else. Oh, hundred percent. So you need to really look at yourself. That's what it's more. It's more about look at yourself first before you do that. Because yeah. like when the kids are like, he did this, he did that. I'm always like, point the thumb, not the finger. What did you do? Mm -hmm. What can you control? How can you fix your stuff? You yeah. can't control other people. You can't make them do things. So, you know, that kind of Point thing. Point the thumb, not the finger. Yeah. That's a good one. I mean, I never understood it for a long time and now I get it, but it's hard because nobody wants to look at themselves. But when you're depressed, again, you don't think normal. So you're not looking at yeah, yourself. Yeah, but even when I'm not depressed, I'm not thinking like that. So Yeah, it's a hard thing to it's, do. It's so much easier to point the finger than the thumb. Totally. So I think that's really good advice, actually. Oh, good. Yay. It's a really, really good advice. Yeah. But I think it will help you too, like not react. I mean, it's, right? it's like, you're like, oh, you did that. Uh, and yeah. you react on somebody. But actually, if you just like take a minute and then you sort of do like this list, like finger thumb list, mm -hmm. you know, then maybe it would help you calm down so you don't react yeah, to something. Yeah, easier said than done. There have been moments where I've reacted and I, was, I, I shouldn't have. That's totally me. You should have like taken a deep breath and yeah. Story of my life. Trying mm -hmm. not to be quick. Yeah. Well. With reactions. But yeah, I mean, I think there's just a stigma about depression in general that, mm -hmm. you know, people who are depressed, there's something wrong with them or they're mentally ill. And, and to an extent, it is an illness like an actual clinical depression that you're dealing with your whole life. Mm -hmm. That is definitely an, an illness. And I think it's an illness in terms of there's no quick solution. And I don't think you're, I don't think people have depression because they have a, a Zoloft or a Prozac deficiency. Right. Um, they're depressed because of something that's changed in their brain chemistry or in their bodies, like from a surgery mm -hmm. or they're no longer exercising. And so they're not getting those endorphins. There's something usually that triggers it. Yeah. Almost always. But when it happens slowly, like in your situation, people aren't aware of what started it until they right. actually reflect. Like you didn't even know until you reflected, right? Yeah. You had no idea. You just thought you were going well, yeah. through 
some shit, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that my husband suddenly changed and became like this crazy psychopath. <laughs> my kids were following in his footsteps. I don't. Yeah. 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 That's so true. But that's the, that's part of what makes it so difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Is that it just kind of can happen gradually. Yeah. And so then when there's a stigma about it, it's always, you have to give people grace. You have to be empathetic of what they're going through because sometimes they don't even know they're going through something. Mm -hmm. And the stigma part of it really kills me because you can be a totally good person. You could be a totally good mentally there person and something happens that changes that, that's Mm -hmm. out of your control. And then now people are looking down upon you. Well, that's ridiculous because there's nothing that that person chose. There's nothing that that person did that makes them less than, Right. but it's something that has changed about them. So there needs to be like empathy and grace and understanding. And even if you've never experienced it, that's the place that you should look at it from. Right. Because you have to stop yourself and say, listen, I don't know what that's like. I've never gone through it. I'm not going to judge because it's, it's not a horrible thing. They're not a bad person. They didn't do anything wrong. And it just kills me that somebody could go through something like that. And until they do, they're going to judge them, you know, Yeah. because they haven't gone through it. But hopefully people who are listening to this will change their opinions or if they haven't had this experience or they will look at it a little differently because just that stigma is what makes people feel like they can't share yeah, or talk about it. You know, yeah, they don't want to be judged, right? No one does. Yeah. So hopefully what we talked about today helps somebody somewhere. Yeah, I hope so. I think it will yeah. because it's relatable and it more, and I know that well, we're and not that's alone. The thing is it's, it's something for me, like it came out of the blue. Right. And I went into this knowing that and hopeful that this was going to fix my pain. I followed the rules. I always, every time I'd go and you'd be like, you were told. a little bit longer, I'd be like, okay, a little bit longer. How much longer? Okay. And I would follow the protocol. My sister like held me down to make sure I didn't cheat. Like I had all of the support in the world and a good attitude about it. And then a little less of a good attitude and a little less. And it was like a f- like tiniest little fraction. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just exactly how it happened for me. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it was awful, but I'm taking back my life and finding my joy and yeah. Yeah. So what do you think was the turning point then? So do you think, and I'm just trying to point this out in terms of like, if somebody is going through this right now and they're listening and they're not finding the motivation to make changes, what was it for you that was the turning point? Was it your friend reaching out saying you have to try this class Because what made you try it when before you weren't interested? Well, I was starting to feel better. And oh, because of the PE, the PEMF therapy, yeah, whatever. I started feeling better. And so you think having less pain made you think more clearly? Well, no, I think having less pain made me. And then I started sleeping better because my pain was oh, going away. There you go. I'm telling you, sleep. And is so I started getting a little bit of energy. Yeah, not a ton because I'm I'm like in the absolute worst shape of my life. So that's kind of I was You're just sitting on the couch, like not doing anything. Yeah, you know. And so, but then I started getting better sleep, and I started feeling a little bit better. And then my friend just happened to call me at the right time. So it was kind of good timing when she called you. Yeah. And she said, I think you should try this because even if you can't do anything, you could just lay there and you'll feel something. Yeah. And then she was like, it's a 30 minute workout. And it's so, so then I went online and I started reading about it and it's super low impact. It's not, you don't raise your heart. Your heart doesn't get, so I wouldn't, I wasn't going to be out of breath. I wasn't going to feel like I was going to pass out. Yeah. I wasn't going to, but my cortisol levels weren't going to spike. Like it checked all of the boxes. Like I have really high cortisol levels. I'm in adrenal fatigue. I've got, so I'll, I don't want to go to Legree right now. Yeah. It can make things I, worse. I, I won't. Yeah. I, I just know I can't do that right now, but I will. I just need a little bit more time to get that, to increase that stamina. Right. So for me, the turning point was probably a combination of things. But when, when I took that like hard laugh finally. Was after the workout. It was after the workout. Yeah. And I so you, you saw the I had a finally. cleansing cry when I walked in. 
Yeah, put that on the suit. Helped too. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I think it was all of these. I think that you, the universe, God, whatever you believe in, I believe in God. I think God just said, "I've got you." And oh, you're gonna make me cry. I'm gonna make myself cry. I, I was this really like life defining moment. Yeah, I guess. So what I hear you saying is that when you this workout came along and she offered you to to try this and you researched it, it was doable for you. Mm -hmm. You said, yes, I can do this. So that's where I think sometimes maybe people take on too much too quick yeah, and then give up again. And they burn out. And they give up. And then yep. they say, this isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. So with your situation, it was like the perfect workout. Like you said, maybe it was the universe stepping in and, and guiding you to it. Yeah. And I am also a big believer in prayer. I don't know if you prayed at all mm -hmm. when you were depressed, but when I was depressed and I prayed, I had things come to me, I feel like to help me. Yeah. But I think what I heard you saying was like, it was doable. And I think that's important. So if somebody can't go from couch to marathon, mm -hmm. right? If you are depressed and you're wanting to try to exercise, make it something that's doable for you that you're like, okay, I a hundred percent can do this. Not something that's out of reach. You're going to try, you're going to fail, and then you're going to feel worse about mm -hmm. it. It has to be something that you can, will get you, get you going enough mm -hmm. that you feel those endorphins, but not enough that you're like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I hear yeah. you saying. Yeah. No, that that's exactly right. And honestly, like, I don't know what came over me. I think it was just finally having that slice of joy, that slice of heaven that I wanted to chase because I was sore. Like yeah. it, I, it felt like I had, well, it, worked, it did feel like I ran a marathon. Right. But it wasn't, but it, but it wasn't something that you but did it, where you're like, oh, that was so awful. I never want to do it again. No, they were, it, it was, was just very doable, easy yeah. movements. I mean, there's like 80 year old women doing this. So, oh, that's awesome. you know, there's, there's people of all, there's also very fit, like yeah. athletes that are doing it and yeah. moms that are doing it. And a lot of the Scottsdale beauties are in my class, which I love them. Shout out to all my Scottsdale beauty friends. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. I love them all. They're so fabulous. Um, but You're so funny. I love the little 80 year old that does it too. And yeah. it's, it's, it is something for everyone. So they're like, listen, I got you. Lots of people have had surgery and they're recovering and we're going to modify it. And if you can't do it, that's okay. They show me other moves. Like I cannot jump. I can't jump. I did this. I think why my hip hurts is because I did this thing called a fire hydrant mm -hmm. where you're like on all fours and you have to like lift your leg up. Yeah. I know I tried that. Yeah. I would um, not have done that. That's well, very I, hip. I, Centered. It is very hip-centered hip, hip and I can do it, but they're like baby hydrants. Yeah. I just went a little too high Hi. yesterday because I was feeling ambitious. Yeah. So what I did is something I did to myself. And now I know, okay, tomorrow yeah. I'm going to take tomorrow off. I'm going to let my hip heal a little bit and then I'm going to go back and. Right. But yeah, so it's that for me, it's that number that one key point. to happiness that we learned at the wellness resort that we went to that we did a whole episode on. And if you're out there and you're feeling like I did, go listen to that episode because all of those things still ring true. Yeah. Even four months later, I'm still thinking about all of the things I learned and now they're becoming even more clear to me, Yeah. you know, and it yeah. was that number one thing to happiness is being active and working out. I even think it was number one to sleep, but maybe sleep was number one. Both of them were, right. but I wasn't sleeping better until I was getting my body moving better. Yeah. Recharging it. And Yeah. Well, I think so. exercise and sleep are both really important. I just know that, and I'll talk about my story next time, but when I was seeing, I went to a bio, biological psychiatrist. He was a really smart doctor mm -hmm. who was prescribing me medication when I had my depression. And he would explain to me at every visit. And it was like laughable now when I look back on it, because he really tried to take care of his patients without not just medication, but like provide guidance of these are the things you need to do mm -hmm. according to the research. He was a neurological biologist. So he mm -hmm. understood like actually the brain and he would talk about how important sleep is. And that if you're not getting that sleep, like your brain is not getting that mm -hmm. sleep, you're not going to get better. Right. So you have to fix that sleep aspect. And I think exercise is equally if not more important, but then it still rings true that if you're exercising and you're not getting sleep, you're probably still not going to see those improvements because yeah. A, your body needs sleep to recover from the workouts right. and B, mental health just re hugely relies on sleep for recovery, for dealing with the stress that you're feeling, for dealing with the sadness, for whatever other reason, I don't know. But I just remember he like drilled that into me at every appointment yeah, and it was huge for me during my situation and, and getting out of it. But 
it's weird too, like you mentioned about getting too much sleep. That's also a sign of depression. Well, and I think that my sleep was, it might've been too much sleep, but it also wasn't good sleep. Yeah. That's, well, that's the problem. It's the quality of sleep. I think that's the biggest thing. Like you can get sleep, you can lay in bed all day and night and still feel like crap because you're Mm -hmm. not really getting sleep. You're resting or you're being depressed. No, listen, (laughs) I, that, that was exactly how I felt. And now I'm sleeping. I'm going to bed at like 930 or 10 because I have to get up early. Yeah. Early for um, us. For us. <laughs> but now I'm waking up before the alarm is get, going off. Yeah. So I don't right. have I to snooze. It. I hate I don't, it. I, that's never I been. I want to be able to sleep I know. In. I know. But I actually kind of like it. I do sometimes. Sometimes not, I wish I could sleep more. And other times I like being up when it's quiet and nobody's awake. Yeah. I I, I do too. I really like me. it. So. Well, that's good. Maybe well, it's I'm the new so me. We'll see. I'm so glad that you. It is the new, <laughs> new you. I'm so well, glad you thank you share. for letting me share my yeah. story. I hope it helps somebody out there. And if it resonates with you or somebody that you love and know, just share it with them. Yeah, and please share it. You can always reach out to either one of us, both of us. We see you. On Instagram. Yeah. At Mob Squad Podcast. Oh, yeah. I always forget that. <laughs> They're like, how do I reach out to you? Just um, do Yeah, it. you can do that. <laughs> just do it. And yeah, yeah. so... We would love any feedback you have for us, but thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.